We are back for another exciting episode of the, the Maranatha Cry podcast. Um, I am Ben. I'm Brian. And uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to wrap up. Um, we've been having some great discussions on different uh, doctrines, uh you know, we've touched on the prosperity gospel. We've touched on limited atonement um, and predestination. We, you know, we've has like I said, some really great conversations. But I wanted to wrap up with the, the kind of the series, Brian, with something that I think is prevalent to the time you and I are in, and uh, as Christians in the West, um, and something that I feel like has really caused a dividing line within the body of christ um here in the united states and that is the right and the left right conservative versus liberal progressive versus not so progressive right like you have like these two you have these two sides that are just really wanting to rip each other to shreds and we've we've just come out of i shouldn't say come out of i mean they're still noise but not as much i feel like but you know we just had a we we had a let's just call it a historical presidential race that's that's uh i think that's a mild way of putting it but the point is we've just you know we've just gotten a new we have a new sitting president right now we just got out of this um you know we've got out of this really just volatile um, race of you know four president and this just really brutal election season and oh man um, and one thing that is really done I feel like is it's really you know I f- you know it's really shaken up the it, it's really caused a shake up within within the church. Um, mm-hmm. Because you, you know, you had, you know, you had um, a lot of people. There were a lot of prophecies, a lot of prophets, a lot of things said about Donald Trump um, getting another term. And a lot of people prophesied that this was true. There were a lot of people that prophesied that he would be one way or another. He would be back in the White House for another four years. Right. And people when it people even went as far to call him God's anointed. And they and there was even a there was a term coined for it. It was Trumpism, right? And this was <laughs> right. This was a it's not like I said, it's not my term, it's not one I made up. This was a legitimate um this was something that the was legitimately coined and tied into a really a um cult following um and this was you know a cult following of uh like QAnon like QAnon and um Trump and um a lot of a lot of conspiracy theories that were tied in um and then you have and let's jump into you have the other right now you have something it's like now you have this is kind of taking a backseat, but now you have a lot of people that are focusing on progressive, what's being called progressive Christianity um, and what is mm-hmm. being called the woke church. You know, you could say that's the term that's being used. Woke, <laughs> well, woke church, woke pastor. I mean, it's been thrown, it's being thrown around a lot. Okay. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm having flashbacks to that um, opening prayer for I think it was for Congress or something where he's like, amen and a women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And everyone was like, wait, yeah, I, like I, it, I, it, it, it. And you just got to it's funny because it's not anyway. even. Yeah, no, I know. And that's <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's something we, <laughs> we might touch on here. But um. Anyway, you know, the the point to this is I want to start off by saying is that you know, we've created 
I feel like we've created two sects of Christianity. I feel like, you know, you have the, you have like one side, like I said, is the right side and the other side is the left side. One side calls the other side hell, you know, basically like hell spawn and, and, and then the other side calls the, the, this other side racist and ignorant and you have all these different things being thrown back and forth at each other. And, but what did, what is done, and this is, and I feel like what we have allowed ourselves to do and what has been done by this is it has taken focus off the way, right? The way of Christ. Mm-hmm. That Christ is the, you know, Christ is the bread of life. He, you know, he is the, he is he is the messiah he is the savior of mankind you know but we've we we've created two different we've created like i said we've created a right side and a left side and we we've created a really we've created something that hinders hinders um like hinders genuine uh, discipleship and genuine um, faith in following Christ mm-hmm. as we're called to do throughout scripture. And we really, it's something I feel like that creates roadblocks for people that, especially people that just come to faith and they're seeing these two different, like, okay, which side is the right side? Oh, we go to the right side. Or the left side, what if we stay neutral and don't go to either side? Well, that's uh, the part two is that I found a lot of times if you speak, which what's really sad is if you speak the truth of scripture and you and you say, I'm I'm solely focusing on Christ and I am solely focused on the authority of scripture, and you and you don't pick a side. Then you are lumped in. Well, honestly, oftentimes you're lumped in with the left side, right? I mean, you know, I've seen people, I've seen Christians being called communists or being called liberals or being called snowflakes or whatever, simply for stating what is in scripture. And man, it, it's not. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been on the end of that one. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's not, it doesn't do anything to exalt Christ or to point others to Christ. If anything, Satan, if, if anything, this is something that just really, I, I feel like can make just, uh, you know, uh, the enemy just kind of sit back and laugh because, you know, he's like, oh, well, they're not proclaiming, they're not proclaiming Christ. They're not making disciples. They're not, they're not proclaiming proclaiming his kingdom i mean they're just they're just standing on one side of one side of the river yelling at each other you know or causing causing risks causing you know causing division interpreting scripture to however fits within their political views which which is happens happens happened happens a lot um unfortunately mm-hmm. um so with that brian you got any thoughts well i mean there's become this <clears throat> mainstream idea that christians also have to be heavily involved in politics right Mm -hmm. that christians should be heavily involved in politics should put their christianity into their politics and should only support people who i mean let's be let's be honest like a a politician can support whatever he wants and say whatever he wants but if he says he's for abortion then he's never getting a vote from a he shouldn't according to them he shouldn't get a vote from any christian ever right Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if they're like, hey, let's take all the Jews and 
put them in concentration camps, you know, ban all Muslims from the country and whatever. They'll be for it as long as he says he's pro-life, right? Just Mm -hmm. face it. All of Christian politics has been boiled down to just the the pro-life or pro-choice decision. I mean, bar none. That is that is the biggest deciding factor these days, right? But the issue is we don't we don't as Christians, we don't belong to the United States or if you're in Canada to Canada or um, England, England, Afghanistan, Afghanistan, wherever you happen to be. You don't belong there. You are a citizen of God's kingdom at that point. When you become a Christian, when you become a follower of Christ, your only ruler, your only king, your only authority that matters is Jesus Christ. That's it. So I think people get this. They've, they've gotten this idea. And we talked about this last week when we were talking about the uh, new apostolic reformation, how, mm-hmm. or not last week, the week before. And one of their one of their key tenets was to basically kind of form sort of a theocracy, right? Where right. Christianity is at the center of of politics, right? And we're pushing out the what Christian beliefs are through politics because they believe that's the easiest way to disseminate those beliefs through the culture, even though that doesn't mean the culture is going to accept them. That means on the surface they'll accept them, but we all know on the underneath, if they don't believe it, they just don't believe it, right? Right. But instead of attacking it that way, we shouldn't be looking at Christianity and furthering our Christian beliefs through politics at all, because politics are never going to be able to change a person's heart. Only Jesus Christ can. I mean, that, right. that, that's all there is to it. So we've talked about it many times on this podcast before. It's about making disciples, right? It's, it's about spreading the love and faith of Jesus Christ to other people. You can't do that through politics, right? You can do that through supporting your one king. You're supporting the only one who matters, the only one who's going to be over everybody. And showing that to people, showing that love, that Christ-like love, Christ, you know, Christ, the two commandments that he said were the greatest were love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, heart, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. By that, you'll hold up all the 10 commandments. And by doing that also, you show what it really means to be a Christian, what it really means to, to be in Christ, to follow Jesus, and other people become attracted to that, right? By right. that, then you start changing people's hearts on things that Christians would rather use a sledgehammer to beat it into people nowadays, but instead they need to use love in Christ, right, to get that through. You never saw Jesus sitting there pounding pounding a, a whatever – a lectern or whatever in in a court saying this is it this is it this is it you must listen blah, 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 blah. Yeah. he said hey i'm gonna go i'm gonna go eat and drink with these guys they ain't perfect but i'll tell them i'll talk to them and they'll come my way cool right well you know it's interesting and i was thinking about this um as we've been talking so i've been going like i've been doing uh i've been going through the gospel of john um and i've been actually doing videos on my own youtube channel um and and so this uh today actually i um going through chapter three going through john three one thing so one thing that i love and i feel like he i feel like so i feel like john uh john the baptist often gets undervalued um for his so john the baptist you know oftentimes we just see this you know this crazy guy standing on the jordan river wearing you know like wearing clothes of camel's camel's hair and just you know this wild man that lives in the wilderness but john was john was not only the forerunner the prophesied forerunner preparing the way he wanted to his mission was also to point people toward christ and which he does multiple times so um two key two key places are in uh actually in john chapter two when uh twice when he sees jesus he says behold the lamb of god 
who takes away the sins of the world, right? And on the second time, this mm-hmm. actually this actually makes so he actually actually made his own his own followers turn and and turn go and follow Jesus, right? And yep. it's yep. it's an it's an incredible picture of discipleship for one, but also how we should be how we should be um with our not only with our words but with our actions pointing others toward christ and only christ um and then in you know just gonna kind of finish this thought up but then in john chapter three there's this moment where uh, some of John's disciples and certain and based on people come to see him like, Hey, so, you know, that guy that you were, that you were with, that you witnessed us to about, he's also baptizing people and he's causing our people to go. Our people are going to him. And what is John's response to them is, so, you know, this is John's response is you yourselves have bore witness to me when i said i am not the christ but i have been sent before him i have been sent before him and then he says i must he must increase and i must decrease right and that right there that shows you for one thing he his interest was not in followers it was not in popularity it was not starting his own movement his passion was not in his own heart or into himself. His passion was, was exalting what was, was exalting the coming Messiah. Then once he, once he saw Jesus and he recognized who he was po- pointing others toward him and getting others exalting, exalting him, exalting his name, pointing others to him. And he, you know, he refers to him, he even refers to him as the bridegroom, right? Which you hear that a lot, that you hear that term a lot throughout scripture. But John refers to him as the bridegroom. He says, anybody who hears, you know, anybody who is the friend of the bridegroom rejoices at hearing his voice. So nope. I really think that John is a great example of a great example of and honestly, I think John exemplifies the, the this the the word Maranatha that Maranatha cry right because he was looking he was he he was longing he was looking he was preparing for the day that he would set eyes on on his you know set eyes on his Messiah just as we should be looking for ways to exalt prepare to focus our hearts and solely on Christ and prepare for that day when he inevitably returns. Right. I mean, and even like, even, even Paul got on to, even Paul got on to other people like, Oh, you guys are sitting there arguing, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm a disciple of Paul. Oh, well, I'm a disciple of Peter. Well, I'm a disciple of whoever. He's like, man, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you guys because <laughs> it's not me not anybody else it's christ that's it like he's the one he's in charge he's the one who deserves all the praise all the glory all the attention all the focus it's not me man i right. mean when paul was talking to the corinthians when in first corinthians paul even says you know i didn't come to you with like you know awesome excellent speech and wisdom and all that stuff i didn't come like i came to you like just basically preaching christ and him crucified that's it man that was my focus. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, and then. My you know, you, glitching out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Was that me? Was that me or you? Uh, yeah, it was you. My potato of Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. I've got everybody in the house on the internet at one time, so. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, and you know, but then that's funny. You also that's that's a great example is Paul. Then you also have Peter. You know, like when he uh, what was it? Curtain, curtain, uh, um, Cornelius. You know when the the Romans, the Roman uh, centurion that, um, that he he was that. Christ directed him to meet with, right? Basically, like, like they their their paths were intertwined. And uh, when Cornelius first met him, he he goes to he actually gets on his knee, actually bows to him. And Peter's like, "What? No, dude! Like, I'm just a man like you. Like, just get up, you know? Like, you know? Like, he is the same, you know? Like." I think because he there was just almost like re- the fact that he was one of the original disciples and he it was an apostle and he was a father you know um, a f- father right. of the early Christian movement and then so his instinct was to show him respect and bow to him but he was like nope I'm just a guy like you go ahead and get up you know like there's you're not you're you're not exalting me you're exalting god you're exalting christ um and it's you know and that's this is the thing it's it's not saying and and i think it's important to point out that we're not saying anybody who has any interest in politics or anybody who might label themselves as conservative or or anything is um you know like we've pointed out before it's not it's a it's not that everybody um, puts politics before faith, but we have seen a lot of a, a lot where many have many have put their political views in front of their faith, um, and it's important for us to yes. recognize that when something becomes more important than our f- relationship, our fellowship with Christ, it goes from being just a simple viewpoint or simple, int- you know, it goes it turns into an it turns into an uh form of idolatry and it and that mm-hmm. that becomes that thing becomes an idol look at you know a great i mean and throw this out there but a great example would be the israelites and the golden calf mm-hmm. and they got mm-hmm. bored waiting from they got bored waiting for Moses returned from Mount Sinai with revelation from God. And they're like, Hey, Aaron, we want you to make us. They, they literally, you wait. We want you to make us a God for us to follow. So Mm -hmm. what does he do? Sure. And they give them all their, they give them, you know, gold, silk, anything valuable they possess and he melts it down and you know he he creates this i mean i i want to point out that it wasn't it was a it was not a pure golden calf there it was like a wooden i think the it was wood and then they covered it with um they covered it with malted gold but the point is is that that he you know he created a he created them a god to worship, and mm-hmm. you know, it's so yeah, you know, and I think that's a great example because you know they. Uh, I think we often like to create. We often like to um, create our own gods our own we we like to basically we like to we like to create things we like to mold things into what our image would be right so you have a lot of different these a lot of different what's conservative progressive liberal you know you have these different Mm -hmm. points that are that there is only one (laughs) I guess the, the point I'm trying to get at, there's only one 
way. There's only one, to use the term, Christianity. Um, and that is, that is picking up our crosses daily in loving, loving devotion and also a loving willingness to be living witnesses and to willingly sacrifice ourselves for Christ, right? Like it's, it's, it's literally our putting everything into following him and following, following him, having our hearts only for him. And there's no, you know, like there's no right, left, you know, there's, we've kind of created different roads, but there's, you know, there's only yep. one road and it is narrow. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, the narrow road and it's a, it's not meant to be an easy road. It's, it's there, there's meant to be hardships. There's meant to be tribulation. There's meant to be challenges, right? So, I mean, mm -hmm. what, you know, really what you and me were talking about before we started, Brian, there's, you know, um, true, you know, I feel like true, cr true Christian faith, true faith in Christ will often should and will breed, ho breed hostility from the world. Yeah. Because it, it's in complete yeah, opposition. I mean, it, it is. Yeah, it's it's a you've you've got to remember because we don't so true true Christian faith shouldn't bow down to ideologies of a government, right? Right. The the reason why one of the reasons why the Romans had such a big issue with Christians back in the you know, first century was not because they were, they worshiped Jesus Christ as the, you know, as the son of God. It, it's not because of that, because they had plenty of gods. I mean, it was, the, it was Roman. They had a pantheon of gods, right? It's just, it's just how it worked. So it's not that it was the fact that early Christians understood that they didn't serve. They didn't serve Caesar. They didn't serve an emperor. They didn't serve a governor. They served Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is their king, is their Lord, is their savior, is the one that's in charge of everything. And they pledge fealty to no one but Christ. So it was a governmental struggle. It was a power struggle for governmental and ruling, right? It, it wasn't anything to do with, with, oh, they say Jesus is the son of God. They would care not. They just make another random statue and be like, all right, cool. It had nothing to do with the theology of it and had everything to do with the governmental authority of it, right? The governmental authority of Christ. Christians know that Jesus Christ is going to rule over everything, period. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's, that's, that's how it ends, man. We all know that. Right. As Christians, we know that. So that's the issue that they had. Hey, this guy's supposed. This guy's the king. They, they they say this guy's the king over everything. Like, that's not going to work. Hold on. No, 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 no. And I think that's where modern Christians have gotten it lost. And that's where you start getting these different points of view and these different. It's almost a melding of of ideologies together to try and justify. I mean, it's the same thing that fueled the the fueled the. Salem witch trials, right? It's the same mm -hmm. thing that fueled the uh, fueled the settlers coming over here from from England, saying, "Oh, God said, God said uh, this was ours, so therefore we can do whatever we want to you, Native Americans." So who cares, right? Like it, it's, right. it's the same kind of ideologies that spawn those kind of things that that this is. It's where you take politics or desire or whatever and meld it in with your Christianity and then slap a label on it and say, Oh, well, you know, 
God says this, and people sit back and look at you. And even if they've got biblical facts to refute what you're saying, like they know they're not going to win an argument against you because you just said, oh, well, God said this. Okay, well, you've convinced yourself at this point, but <laughs> I mean, that's when it starts to become dangerous. When you take Christianity and you mix it in with anything else and try to justify a position by saying, oh, well, God said this. You're, you're making scripture fit your ideology instead of making your thoughts and your ideology, your mind be conformed to scripture. Like, and that's right. when it gets really, really dangerous. And that's what we see here, With, whether it be Trumpism, the alt-right QAnon stuff, which they're, they're out on another level anyway. I don't, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. have time to get into all that stuff. <laughs> Jesus, please. Um, mm -hmm. Then you've got the, the liberal Christianity that's basically throwing everything out the window. Like mm -hmm. the truth, I always like to say the truth is in the middle, right? The truth is in the middle of all this. Jesus was the ultimate, the ultimate symbol of grace, but the ultimate symbol of justice all at the same time. Like he was, he was that far right and that far left completely combined into one right in the middle, right down the line. And that's why people hate, that's why people hated him. That's why people hated the disciples. That's why people hated early Christians. It's not because what they believed in was number one, because Jesus Christ is Lord and they followed him as their King. Number two, they're right there in the middle, right? They weren't agreeing with this side. They weren't agreeing with that side. They're saying, Hey guys, let's stop focusing on this other stuff. Just focus on Christ because that's the only thing that matters. And that really irritates people. Like it really, 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 really irritates people. Like it irritates people who call themselves Christians. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting. They're like you don't stand for nothing. Well, no, I do. I stand for Christ. Right, right. Um, well, and you know, it's interesting too. Like when you, okay. So when you look at, I mean, just look at the crucifixion. Look at, look at the circumstances behind the crucifixion. The, Pharisees and you know the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all like the different you know the they the the religious leaders you know were wanted Jesus dead, plain and simple, yep. right? Well, yep. they could not. Uh, this is the interesting part. So when you look at what did they have to do, they couldn't. He you know, he tackling because they, they kept trying to entrap him. They kept trying to get him to say something that would violate the law, you know, uh, the mosaic law or on all that other stuff. They, 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 but they could not get him to do anything that would legally make, allow them to kill him. So what did they do? They, they took it to Rome. They took it to Pontius Pilate and Pilate even was like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to execute this guy. He's done nothing wrong. The reason, the the reason that he ultimately, and that I believe the reason that he decided to give them what he wanted was because he did not want to ruin his reputation. For one, he did not want any kind of political unrest, any religious, you know, zealot. He did not want any. Basically, he not did not want any unrest because he knew that that would get back to Rome, and then Rome would be like. You know, we're gonna. You're clearly ineffective, so we're gonna pull you from your. I mean, it would it it would have drastic outcome. It would have drastic implications for him, but also, um. So they ended up. It ended basically. It was the fact that. It was the fact that Christ referred to another kingdom, that he referred to, you know, he so it really had to come down to the fact that he exalt that that he was that he was you know that he was king that that he uh, that he was a threat to what rome saw as civil you know that they saw as civil order into you know uh, the order of rome so i mean it, it, you know so but, but the point is he that he was he was blameless 
ultimately he he was he can had committed no crime but speaking truth and yep. you know like you said it's today we man today we've lost i feel like a lot of ways we've we've lost um we have taken our eyes off of the off of the narrow road right we've taken ourselves a lot of people have taken their eyes off of the way and that is christ that is jesus because man uh, in the end like you said brian in the end all of our all of our political affiliations all of our arguing over politics all of our all of that stuff is not going to matter because his kingdom is not going to be set on our it's not going to be set upon our view of the world our it's not going to be set on our political views it is going to be he is going to it is going to be his kingdom and it is going to, it is going to be structured in how he how he as king see like you know there's a i mean like i said it i, I mean it's just so we've got to get out of this mindset. We've got to take that golden calf and we've got to melt it down. And we, we've got to move forward with, you know, pick up our cross, you know, pick up our crosses daily. That it's, you know, it's yep. and follow after him. Because there's really, you know, we're going to start, you know, we're going to start getting into talking about our persecuted brothers and sisters here after this, after this episode, we're going to be really just focusing on um, the issue of tribulation, martyrdom, persecution, and because there really is a purity to the way that, and, and, you know, and not just, not just the but there's really a purity to they are only focused on one thing and that is Christ ultimately because mm-hmm. that is all because in because really when you think about it in proclaiming Jesus as the son of God and as the Messiah especially in countries like Iran and and you know and well especially in the Middle East and Iran and other, you know, like Iran, Syria and, and other countries in the Middle Syria, East. Syria, yeah, Afghanistan, you know, Iraq. But yep. um, the point is by proclaiming Jesus as Messiah, as the son of God, they, they forfeit all rights to their community, to their family, to the, even to their own lives. Yet they still... Mm-hmm leave their homes every day totally obedient to the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. we can and we can and we should really learn from them because yep. Because when that time comes where we're gonna have to really you know I'm not talking about like what we call persecution. I'm not talking about, you know, not putting not putting Merry Christmas on a Starbucks cup or not, you know, allowing prayer in school or <laughs> all these things that are just that are dredged up that we that we point at and we and we yell persecution. I'm talking about legitimate choice. Either you either you refute what the gospel says and you refute that Jesus that Jesus is these not only the Messiah, but, but the King of all nations, mm-hmm. or you die, you, you, you or yep. Yep, pretty much you either, you're either imprisoned, but, if, but eventually, you know, eventually you're going to face, you know, you're, yeah, you know, you're going to die. And um, how are we going to be able to endure that? Are we, are we going to be so, swept aside you know and i think that's really what this this whole i think like what this really comes down to is we need to stop this 
two-way street. We need to stop either you're on the right or the left. We need to just stay on the narrow road because, mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, so it's important to, it's important to note that right now we're like in this conversation, we just brought up a lot of the Middle Eastern Islamic countries. Um, but it's also important to point out that uh, the same kind of persecution exists against the against Christianity in uh, Hindu countries, mm-hmm. uh, in Buddhist countries. Um, right. And when you start thinking about that, you're like, oh, is it because is it because they're 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 afraid um, that they're afraid of the religion of the Christian religion? It's not the religion themselves itself, but it's the fact that they Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is King. When a person becomes a Christian, especially over there, where Christ is the only thing that you have, they don't have the freedoms that we have, mm-hmm. and it bears it breaks it breaks their religion. It breaks their their faith down to its most essential form right where christ is the only thing they don't have to worry about anything else right it's just it's just christ they become that citizen of heaven they become that citizen of the kingdom of god and when they do that they don't the governmental authorities have no power over them anymore right they might be able to force their body to do whatever but they have no like these people have no fear at that point like what am i afraid of right I, I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. What am I going to be afraid of at this point? I might as well just tell everybody I can about Jesus Christ while I can. It doesn't matter what they say or do to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's even today. Like I just want to point out that it's still yeah. even it, it, it's a governmental authority issue, right? It's not, oh no, you're going to tell people about your religion. It's, it's that everybody knows deep down whether they want to admit it or not, whether they, they're atheist or agnostic or Hindu or Buddhist or, or Muslim or whatever. Everybody knows deep down that there's something different about Jesus. There's something different about a follower of Jesus Christ, that they belong to a kingdom. They don't, they're just not adherents to a religion. And taking right. that power away from them, that's scary to people, right? So that's the that's the big reason for the persecution that we see now and that's the that's the that's kind of what we want to get through to any uh westernized christians that are here is that dive divide yourself out from the politics please because all it's going to do is divide Join, join our brothers and sisters who are in persecution bring your christianity down to its essential form and make it about christ and christ alone Right. No, that's a man. That's an excellent point, Brian. And um, I love the way you put it because it's true. Like it, especially, you know, when, if you follow the, if you follow the story, if you, if you follow the persecuted church in any part of the world, whether it's like you said, whether it's over in India, China, um, you know, Iran, you know, no matter where it is, they are, honestly a lot of times i mean you they'll be cast from their homes they'll be rejected by their spouses they'll be forced they'll be rejected by their government they hold no i mean they hold no legitimate status at at that point like they literally say i have this i have this fire that is ignited in my heart and i want to share that fire with other people and in doing so, I'm I'm willing to sacrifice comfort. I'm willing to sacrifice, you know, everything for this message of Christ, message of the gospel, this fire and this, you know, and it's it's powerful. And I think it goes to show that you know, when you have, and 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 I'm speaking for myself too, obviously, but when you have things that you are afraid to lose it it really makes it really makes it a struggle right and and it shouldn't be 
but it, but it really does because we're, you know, we were afraid to lose our stability. We're afraid to lose our comfort. We're afraid of losing people close to us that would, that would reject what we're, what we're saying and hate what we're saying. But, you know, mm-hmm. we're not doing any service to ourselves or to them by staying comfortable is I guess one is what I'm trying to get at. Um, and, you know, I, yeah. it's just, yeah. I mean, that, that, that is basically what it boils down to. So, you know, I really hope that as we get into these next kind of the next stage of where we're going on this podcast, that people really pray and they really just allow themselves to, it's not like, it's not like, Oh, we're over here in the West and they're over there in the East. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's tragic. It's sad, but why should we beyond praying for them? Why should we really like, you know, why should we care? Basically, right? I mean, it sounds harsh, but that's kind of the mentality that you see. Because, for one thing, as followers of Christ, we are part of a global body, right? We are part of we are part of a the body in the eternal family of Christ. For one, so those aren't just some. We shouldn't view them as strangers. We should view them as brothers and sisters in the faith. Two, we like we pointed out, we need to understand and we need to prepare our hearts and and rely on the Holy Spirit, you know, to the fact that one day we're, you know, that we're not gonna that there is a season of tribulation coming, there is a season of persecution that is coming that that's in scripture. Right. This is not just yep. us saying like holding up signs saying, get ready to be persecuted. It, you know, it, even as far back as even the even uh, Daniel in Daniel chapter seven, he even says that the he even he even predicts or he prophesies this that there will be a war against he, it, what the saints like even most translations even use that you know saints or the righteous or whatever the word is so it's really important for us to really get to that point where we are only reliant on christ where we're totally obedient totally obedient to what the spirit is saying because so that we have that mentality of, well, I don't care if I lose, I don't care if I am cast out of society, I don't care if I'm, if I'm rejected, or I don't care if I have stability. All I want is to follow, love, serve Christ, and I want to share that with others. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But we have, you know, there's so <sighs> many things like we've, there's so many things especially here in the united i'd say especially here you know in the united states and the west that hinders that for us because we have so many road we have so many roadblocks and we're so concerned about what the right side is doing or what the left side is doing and we're so concerned about arguing arguing doctrines and arguing this and that and that and that and and basically we just want it's like we want more to be right and the other side to be wrong than it is for all of us to come together and say okay i don't care what i don't i don't care what you if you follow christ as lord if you if you love christ as lord and if you believe that the scripture is the holy inspired word of god if you believe that he came to earth once you know if he came for the atonement of sins if he died on that cross on that hill in calvary if he rose again after three days and if you believe that he is coming again maranatha we are brothers and we are sisters Mm -hmm. and nothing else should matter 
nothing, nothing else should come yep. before that. So, and yep. I, you know, I think that's a good place for us to wrap this episode up because it's just to point out that um, we are, and like I said, we're one eternal family in Christ. We're part of the body of Christ. Um, and we need to keep really, I, I mean, we, we need to not let our, our political views become larger than our, larger than our faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. Yep. So, um, Brian, since we didn't pray in, do you want to praise our brother? Yes, sir. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for us being able to get together. And uh, despite the fact that we are separated by many thousands of miles to be able to get together and uh, discuss your word and relevant topics for your church today. I pray that you watch over our persecuted brothers and sisters, um, strengthen them. Um, I I don't pray that you get them out of their situations, but I pray you give them the strength and faith to endure, to be faithful witnesses for your love, your grace, and your mercy to those people over there. I pray that you awaken the church here in the West. I pray that you light a fire under us so bright and so hot that we have nothing else to do but to obey. I pray that you watch over anybody listening, that you bless them, that you preach to them, that you teach them, that you nourish them spiritually. And I pray that you provide them anything they may need. Uh, We love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. All right. Maranatha, everybody. Uh, and I, like I said, I hope you'll join us. Uh, I hope you'll, if you've been tracking along um, or if you're new, then I hope you'll come back and because we're in the, um, just some great, great stuff ahead and great conversations ahead and, uh, to be had. So Maranatha and have a great Sunday and God bless. Maranatha. <laughs>